Welcome to So We're Late Podcast, where guest speakers visit every Thursday night. Don't forget to follow for new content every week. To experience a full encounter with Christ, visit Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church at 1977 West Jefferson Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, and call 818-745-1771 or visit SoWareLate.com for more information. Okay, we have two special guests tonight. Hey, we got C26. We got El Padrecito in the house. So give them a warm welcome. Uh, I know Padrecito comes from Guadalupe. Hey, we've been up there. You guys should take a trip up there if you can. If you can. Where's C26 at? C26 to the stage. <laughs> Ave Maria, Ave Maria, let's go, Padre. All right, guys. <laughs> we got El Padrecito right now. All right. Hey, crazy little story right now. I always owned a little Padrecito from the homies. Uh, I never knew it was you, man. So No? No, I didn't. I didn't know. But here you go. I brought his own little padre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him, all right. <laughs> all right, padre. All right. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. So my name is uh, Father Maceo Gonzalez, and I'm a member of the Franciscan Order. That's why I have this habit on. And a lot of people don't like where the word habit comes from, habitus. It's a Latin word, habit, like way of life. And that's why religious brothers and priests wear their habits, because it's a new way of life, which can only happen through grace. And uh, I believe we're called from our mother's womb. I really do that, believe that from the moment of our conception. We're called from our brother's womb. Unfortunately, uh, we get in trouble sometimes because we're knuckleheads, the temptation of the devil, because of pride, our environment, we get thrown off, right? And um, so I was, I think, like many people here, I was born in a Chicano family. Notice I use that word Chicano, right? Okay, so Mexican-American family in Northern California. My parents came from New Mexico, uh, and my, you know they came for work, et cetera. And uh, we had eight children, so I have seven brothers and sisters, hardworking family, my parents. Uh, if that meant going out and, you know, picking walnuts or janitorial work or whatever kind of work, that's what they did. Sent us to Catholic schools. So my father, most of the time, spent time working. My father, very important here, worked a lot. And my mother worked a lot as well in order to keep us going and, you know, pay for Catholic schools, that type of thing. Uh, but like I think many of us, I got caught up in the world as well. So being a teenager growing up, it was very free, easy for me to cheat. Uh, there was a lot of dope where I grew up, a lot of marijuana, a lot of alcohol. We had heavier drugs at that time called angel dust, PCP, would call the street name is you know, whack or crystal, whatever. So I saw a lot of that stuff. And with the lowrider culture, which is beautiful because there's a lot of artistic expression that comes out in cars, right? But oftentimes we get caught up in the girls, into partying and trying to, you know, look that road, trying to be cool and all that. Next thing you know, we're living a lie. It really is a lie, I think, you know. And uh, so I was kind of caught up in that scene. And um, so I was involved really in my faith. I mean, my parents made us go to church on Sundays. As long as I lived in their house, they made us go to church. And there was this time when this Protestant came to our door to knock on the door, try to change my faith. And my father's like an old school Catholic. I'm not going to say he was perfect anyway. He was faithful to my mother and faithful to his children, you know. But one of the things he told me is, if you're going to live in this house, you're going to stay Catholic. So I think that touches upon how my father viewed the world, you know. So uh, anyway, I got caught up just in the world, that type of thing. When I was 19, I lost this leg in a street fight right here. So I was struck in, uh, by a car, was fighting, and uh, one thing led to another. I went into the hospital, and it was after that that, believe it or not, as I look back, right, I see our Blessed Mother was calling me at that time, and I'll talk about her just in a minute, about the Virgin Mary, but grace was calling me. It's like the Lord had something for me. You know, I'm not saying he caused that accident. 
in the street because I was helping a friend of mine. I was helping him, and uh, then I get hit by a car. I'm not saying the Lord does that. I don't think that's how God works. He doesn't want bad things to happen to us. But for whatever reason, after that, I knew my way wasn't working, so I started getting closer to a youth group, kind of like this. We had a young adult group, but music was really important for me. Now, one of the things I noticed, this was at the charismatic movement, the English charismatic movement. We're talking about the 80s, folks. I'm kind of old. Yeah. So the English charismatic movement. What's interesting, I felt for the first time, music was hitting me on an emotional level. And I was one of those guys, I think that happens with a lot of men. We block emotionally. I'm not trusting anybody. I didn't trust my father. I didn't trust, you know, my friends. I didn't trust the police. I didn't trust priests. I was guarded. And I think you'll find out with a lot of people out there, especially young Latino guys or whatever, that we're very guarded, you know. We don't trust anybody for whatever reason. I don't, I'm not trying to say that, trying to explain away psychology, but I think for a lot of us, man, I'm not trusting you. I didn't trust women. I didn't trust men. I didn't trust me. I didn't trust God. There was just a lot of hardness in my heart. But the music started winding me down a little bit. I noticed myself relaxing and kind of opening up for the first time in my life. And then they started talking about the spirit and grace. It's okay to lighten up a little bit, you know. So I think, I, I think that was important in terms of me changing up a little bit. And I started trusting a little bit. One thing led, and then I felt a vocation that our Lord was calling me. And the message I got, you, I could use you. I could use you. You know, that's a heavy message. Because I didn't think I could be used. But I could use you. And I remember going to mass and listening to the priest preach. I thought it was whack. Man, I was like bored, man. I said, come on, man, we got to step it up. You know, because I grew up in a community with a lot of black, black preachers and black, the black culture, you know, and seeing some of that, I said, come on, you got to step it up. We got, you know, you got to, when you preach, you got to get in there, you know, you got to tell them some stories, you know, and you got to move them, you know. And I said, but we had this one priest who came in. He was a Mexican-American priest, and that was important. It may not seem important to you guys, but for me, the first time I ever saw a Mexican-American priest, that was huge for me. And I remember him preaching, and that guy told stories, and, and next thing you know, I was showing up at Mass in the front row. I couldn't wait to get more. And I think that's what's so beautiful about our faith. If we got that hunger, once it gets touched, we said, man, we want more and more and more because we're talking about something divine here. And I was coming up, you know, showing up early for mass and I wasn't me, you know. And uh, anyway, I, don't, I didn't uh, want to get too much into the vocation story, but the bottom line is I just felt called. But remember, I was a high school dropout. So I wasn't the sharpest person. You know, I never, you know, I had to take a lot of remedial class, but little by little, I trusted in the Lord. I had no relationship with Mary at the time. I didn't even know about Mary. Like nothing, you know. Um, so, but anyway, I just kind of, you know, like they say, you put one foot in front of another and you just do the next right thing, what's in front of you, and you'll be amazed at how grace works. So I'm a big believer in that. You may not get straight A's in college, but that's cool. Just get C's. Now, whatever, even in the spiritual life, you know, you just show up and do the best you can and somehow grace. So one thing led to another, and I got ordained as a Catholic priest in 1996. But I had, like Mother Teresa said, a vocation within a vocation. It bothers me that all these people like me, I didn't feel like the church was doing much with them. There's a lot more that the church can do. You know, and, and I'm glad you guys are here, but I feel like, man, we should be filling up entire, you know, auditoriums and stuff. There are so many people out there, you know, the work that we could do. So I, you know, I, I got ordained as a Catholic priest and I taught at Bishop Montgomery and Torrance. You guys know where Torrance, Bishop Montgomery Catholic High School? I was, I taught there for a while and, and that was good, but I wasn't a good teacher. I mean, I'm, I'm good at teaching, but to be a teacher, you got to be disciplined, you got to have all your preps in line, and it just takes a lot of, I didn't have that kind of maturity, so I got back into parish work, but then I knew I wanted to do something out of the box, so I, I uh, started what's called my own nonprofit ministry, and that's El Padrecito Ministries, and then, uh, so I started doing that, and then I met, uh, I was just doing a variety of work, some gang work I was doing up in Northern California, I started doing through some work through uh, hip-hop and rap music videos. And then I met Carlos about uh, in 2000, 
Then I was introduced to Foundation. He was doing some of his work in Texas. And then we kind of hooked up and all that. But I don't want to get in, into the last story. You know, it's been a grace. But the bottom line, and let me just try to get to the point if I got a message tonight. And I'm a big believer that the Virgin Mary is the distributor of all grace, all grace. And she's the mother of mercy. The role of Jesus, while he's our savior, he's also our judge. Very important. So spiritually, theological, Jesus has to judge us. He is a judge that will never go away. He's a divine judge, right? The truth of the matter is, at least speaking about for my life, even today as a priest, I always fall short of that. You know, I always fall short of the judgment of Jesus. Just, that's just who I am. I'm a weak man. I'm a weak priest. You know, no matter what, that's just how it is. So when I go to the mother of, of, of the mother of mercy, I just always go to her to receive strength. And she picks me up just like any mother here would pick up your baby son, your baby boy who falls. If you're a mother, you're not going to be judging that little boy for falling. That's just how these mother of mercies are. She's going to pick him up and hug him. Let's go, mijo. Let's get up and we're going to try this again. So I'm always going to her, and I just, I'm just sold on Mary as being the mother of mercy. She will never deny us, and she brings us to her son, Jesus. I think it's beautiful up here. I want to give a shout-out to Sower LA. I was talking to, uh, to uh, Jesse a couple weeks ago, right? And he was telling me, you guys did this pro-life event, but Facebook shut down your ad. You guys all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. Okay. So you guys did a pro-life event. Facebook shut down. That wasn't by accident. So I guess the point, and you know what happened two days ago in California, right? The passage of Proposition 1. So there's some heavy stuff happening right now. So I just want to give you, I want to give you a shout out and my affirmation, my strength, how proud I am of you that we got these people here who want to stand up for life. That is huge. So I, want to, I didn't want to get this night go by without me saying that. When Jesse told me that, I said, that's heavy. And then in terms of what happened. But um, I'm also glad you got the sacred heart of Mary right here. So the work that I do a lot of times with the youth, like before I forget, we're doing a hip hop and taco event on Saturday night. You're more than welcome. Uh, some of you have been to those before. It's going to be in Long Beach. And we're going to be praying the rosary at 9 o'clock. And then we have some different artists and tacos and just basically fellowship for people your age to come together and meet some other people, right? But one little story, and, then, and that'll be it. I want to bring up Carlos Zamora. He's been my, my homeboy in my ministry. We kind of get each other, you know. We fight a lot, too, because he doesn't want to admit that, like, I'm the talented one. <laughs> I'm a better rapper. But uh, here's the story. If I had to sum up like one story in my entire life that I'd want to share with you, like if this was my last minute with you, last story, I'm going to tell you this story that's helped me so much, okay? All right, here it goes. So you know Judas, he betrayed Jesus, right? He's one of the 12. What's interesting is Jesus chose him. Jesus didn't want him to die. So he chose Judas as one of the 12 most important men to lead the church. So any of us can fall too, right? You guys got that. Nobody's above falling here. Right, Deacon? Nobody's above falling. Peter fell. All right. So Judas fell, but then he fell bad. He fell guilty. Right? Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. He fell guilty. And then you guys all know what he did with his life, right? <clears throat> he took his own life, right? Okay. He had so much of that shame and that guilt, he took his own life. St. Uh, Catherine of Emmerich, she was a mystic, a German nun, a mystic. She had these visions. She said, had Judas ran into our blessed mother on his way to taking his own life, our blessed mother would have embraced him, forgiven him, maybe even kissed him, and say, go back, Judas, to my son. It's for people like you that he came into the world. And I always go back to that story, to our blessed mother, to our blessed to our mother, to our blessed mother, mother mercy, always pointing us to Jesus. And that's about the best I can tell you right now, okay? Ave Maria. All right. Thank you, thank you, Padre. And 
yeah, man, make sure everybody for Saturday, make sure you sign up for Hip Hop and Tacos. Uh, we actually got C26 here right now. He's gonna, he's gonna do something special for y'all. So here you go. Hey, can we have another mic? I'm gonna grab one for little Chris, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I know I've met a lot of you. I know I've met a lot of you in the past. Some of you I haven't met. Mike, Mike, Mike. My name is Carlos, a.k.a. C26. Uh, people always ask me, what does your name stand for? And they're always disappointed when I tell them the story because it doesn't really stand for anything other than my initials. My, my first name is Carlos, so that's a C. My last name is Zamora, that's the 26th letter of the alphabet, so the 26. So C26 is basically just my initials, right? Uh, I'm from Texas, um, Dallas, Fort Worth area. You know, so I live in a little area called Everman Forest Hill. It's kind of like the hood, right? <laughs> and so uh, that's where I'm from. And I'm, it's always good to be out here in LA with you guys. I feel like so LA is like like family, right? Extended family. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they always feed me, so I, you know, what I'm <laughs> I, I like that. That's my favorite part about it. You know, uh, you can tell I, don't, I never turn down a taco. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just so just super briefly about myself, I'll keep it super brief because we're gonna do some music. Uh, like Father said, I I made my my start doing you know secular gangster rap right. Uh, prior to that, I was in the streets you know from a young age you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and we're already hitting the streets doing stupid things right, getting mixed up in gangs and drugs and partying and. Uh, promiscuity, you know, like sexually active, stuff like that, right? Um, at a very young age, right? And, and over time, it just kind of getting, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper into this type of stuff, right? Uh, eventually, I wanted to get away from that. I'm like, man, this is not, it's just not good. You know, <laughs> I'm going to end up dead. I'm going to end up in jail. I'm going to do, you know, most of my, my, my friends had already gone to prison, or died, right? So I'm like, man, I, wanna, I don't want to do that, you know? So I started to get away from that. I started doing the music, and it was gangster rap, right? But I realized pretty soon, you know, after doing the gangster rap, I'm still doing the same type of thing. Like, I'm still living the same type of life. I'm just not doing it here on the block. I'm doing it over here at the club or at the bar or at the, you know, at this concert or whatever. It's, it's the same thing. It's still the same parties, still the same drugs, still the same fighting, still the same everything. It's like, man, it's just a different arena, right? And slowly but surely, you know, it was kind of building up in my heart that I wanted to get away from that. And, and oddly enough, my, my dad was the one that was not as active in the faith. I, I don't want to say he wasn't a believer. He was a believer. He just had his own struggles, right? But he always made sure that we went to church with my mom. And he always, uh, you know, he would always correct us if, you know, if, if he knew we were doing something that was not right, but he didn't go to church himself necessarily, at least not in the earlier years of my life, right? But he, he didn't like the idea of me doing hip-hop music. He hated it. Old school Mexicano, right? He was just like, nah, man, that's that. Nah, nah, you can't, that's, that's, that's whack, whatever, you know? And he, we would always bump heads about it. And then one night... He told me, cause I, okay, so we had done a bunch of like collaboration work with like bigger artists and touring with bigger artists and just doing a lot of stuff, right? And um, I was telling my dad, cause I had, you know, I had my house, I had three cars, I had my daughter going to private school, you know, everything was good. I'm married and paying my bills, I'm taking care of the fam, I'm doing what I need to do, right? And he was still coming down on me about the music, you know? And I was like, Dad, why can't you ever just be happy for me? Like, I'm just, everything is falling into place and I feel like this is God blessing me. And he was like, no, son, that's, that's not God's blessing. God doesn't bless you for glorifying violence. You know? God doesn't bless you for, for talking bad about women. You know, God doesn't bless you for, for teaching kids you know, to sell drugs or whatever, right? That's not God's blessings. You know, he's like, you have a talent, and that talent is God-given. I'll grant you that. Your talent is God-given, but you're not making good use of the talent. You're being a bad steward of the talent that God gave you. So if you feel like you're being blessed because of what you're saying in your music, it's not coming from God. It's coming from somewhere else. And I know he was talking about it, and I couldn't, I couldn't argue with him because I was like, damn, bro, nah, why he got to be right? You know, like, right? And I was like, man. So only a couple of weeks later, 
We're doing a concert. They tell us it's going to be about 1,500 people there. Okay, cool, whatever. We're going to be there. And they say, it's an all-ages show. And I didn't know what that meant. Come to find out, an all-ages event is high school and middle school-age kids. That's just, they call it that because it sounds better than saying, you know, kids event or, you know, like a youth event. So we show up, and I'm on the stage, and I'm looking. I'm like, dang, a bunch of kids in here. I don't got nothing better to say than, you know, shoot them up and drink this and smoke this and do this, you know. And I just felt so convicted in my heart. And I was like, man, bro, like, I just felt so bad. And I remember thinking, like, man, if my daughter was out there in that crowd, and I was right, and somebody else was right here, Saying what I'm about to say to these kids, we'd be in here fighting, like for real, like that's my daughter. What are you, what are you saying to my daughter? You know. And so I remember, like, dang. So I talked to the the promoter. I was like, bro, why would you hire a bunch of gangster rappers, bro, to perform for kids, bro? What's your problem, bro? Like, you should be ashamed of yourself, man. And he told me he's like, bro, I'm not the one rapping. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yep. That was exactly what I what I did. You know, I was like, burn. Dang. Burn, homie. Dang. Burn, straight burn. And so I was like, man, you know what? You got a point, man. You do have a point. And I'm not even mad. Whatever. And I remember walking to a little VIP section that we had. We had the bottles on the table. I think we're all cool, you know, popping bottles, all that stuff. And I just sat there on the table. And I ducked my head in shame. And I cried. I couldn't stop. And I didn't know what it was. You know, obviously now I know that was... That conviction, that Holy Spirit, right? And, and I told God that night, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't know what you're calling me to. I want to follow, though. I'm, I'm done. I just want to give my life, my, my efforts, my time, my talent, all to you, right? And, you know, um, it was a long journey, but I, I, I kept going on it. And now here, multiple states and cities and countries later, you know, God has us doing this work, doing this Catholic hip-hop, you know, all from... New York to LA and everywhere in between. We've been in Mexico, Panama. I'm going to Canada in a couple of months. Um, going to Portugal next year. Uh, so it's, it's, it's going to be fire. It's going to be, be dope. And, and uh, it's all God's plan. It's not my doing, right? And so that's why we're here. And, and we're just spreading God's, God's message through this hip hop to people who, who don't normally have a lot of efforts aimed at them, right? Like Father was saying, there's a lot of, a lot of efforts out there. Not, all, not a lot of them are aimed at our communities. So it was like, we can complain about it, but if we're not going to offer a solution, then how long do we really need to keep complaining, right? If we're not offering no solutions. So we're offering a solution. We're going to go out there and do it ourselves, right? So bet that. Right. Uh, I'm going to call Chris up here, man, because Chris can help me out up here real quick. You. We're going to get into this music real quick. I'm keeping it short and sweet. <laughs> little small portions of songs, right? Let's go, let's this, go. This first song is actually just a little collabo song that I did with my boy E to the L out in New York. If you might recognize the beat if you're an old school hip hop head, it's it's, it's an Uchi Wally beat from uh, from Nas. So we're gonna check, we're gonna play this track right here. It's called Uchi Wally. Let's go, let's go. Hey, if y'all wanna stand Come on up, up, stand up, stand up, stand up. If y'all wanna scoot up to the front a little bit, let's go, let's go. A, you know, this, we only got a few minutes. Hey, let's go. Hey, yeah. Can y'all hear me well though? Yeah, cause I can't hear you at all. Y'all make some noise, guys. Hey, it start off by telling the enemy kick rocks. This Christian hip hop, the enemy ticked off. I ain't snooped off the shoot. The devil wants smoke. Once the Holy Ghost fire, make his minis all choke. Love's collapsing, palms are sweaty. Bombing on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. This ain't eight mile though, not an Eminem flow. But it's heaven's head, bro, so it's ready, set, go. I linked up with E to the L, out in Yonkers. Credit where it's due, that boy's flow is bonkers. Via is it May or God's a showstopper. He loves it when you call him Big Papa. Pray to our Father. Glory, praise, honor, and worship our proper. Shout out to our mama. Mary, cause she got me. 59 B's by the head to try to stop me. Drop me, mock me, rob me, whatever. In every endeavor, I pray that I weather the storm. That's kind of God's specialty is on. Ain't no turbulence in the air, he can't calm. Sign on the cross when I face adversaries. Act of contrition, a couple of Hail Marys. Now I'm living well, still the grace won't rebel The devil doesn't stand a snowball chance in hell Hey, can we get a little more volume on the music? Is that cool? Hey, already guys, that was called, that's actually a little, little introduction track The next track we got is called Tapatio, guys Hey, you guys like Tapatio? 
Hey, let's go, so let's go. Let's go. We're gonna put a little tapatio on our two step. That's what we call it, right? That's that Holy Spirit on our faith walk, right? Get on stage. All right, we're gonna go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, so this song right here. Come on. I say, come on, bro. Poco, un poco fuego to seal the deal. Sometimes I don't remember my own music, but let's go ahead and kick that off, okay, bro? Come on. Hey. Hey. And y'all can hear me, though. You said you can hear me, right? Can you hear Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. sometimes I wish I couldn't. <laughs> Not as <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got jokes, bro. You got jokes. Hey, <laughs> well, you go ahead and kick that out, bro. Let's see. Come on, guys. This is the church. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Ocupo fuego to seal the deal. Wanna tap a deal on my two steps. I'm gonna be cautious, something that is real. Wanna tap a deal on my two steps. I like rasa, something they can feel. Wanna tap a deal on my two steps. Wanna tap a deal on my two steps. Two steps when I ride like this. Side to side, it's my hydraulics. Like a 6'4 bounce like this. Side to side, it's my hydraulics. Got me going so low, double deal. Like St. Butter Bio. Primos, amigos, bonitos, de mis canaritos. Gotta count these muchas bendiciones. Gotta answer all my oraciones. So it's only right, can I do it? Gracias. Palabra, I pray to your area. I live life to the foot of cada dia. No mistake, un día cantaría. Praise and worship, alabanzas. Need a better life for my panza. Does it sound like the speaker was kind of we pushing it too hard? No? We good? All right, this next song right here, actually, it's called From Text to Cali. And in a sense, I was kind of paying homage to uh, a rapper from Texas, even though, you know, I, I don't really dig the dude, what he did and stuff. He, you know, he was called SPM, right? South Park Mexican. And so, it, it bad news, I'm gonna put it to you that way, right? But in Texas, he was like the OG with rappers, right? So, it's like, you know, I respect the OG, but I'm not gonna respect what you did, right? So, this, he had a song called Text to Cali with Kid Frost on it, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna flip it and make it about spreading the gospel, right? So, that's what this song is called. It's called Text to Cali, guys, all right? It goes from Text to Cali, every hood, every alley, we're spreading God's love. And DFW is where I'm from, Dallas, Fort Worth, to the valley. And then we say from LA to the valley, right? So, it's, it's yeah, bet. We're gonna go ahead and roll with it. Let's go, let's go. Hey, come on, guys. Hey, so we're LA. What's up? Y'all make some noise. Come on, what's up? What's up? So we're LA. What's up? So we're LA. Spreading God's love, the valley from Texas to Cali. Every hood, every alley. Come on. Hey, Padre Cito, what's up? Hey, listen, listen. We're spreading God's love from LA to the valley. 20 event in the rap game, and I never stop repping that DF. Thug, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's freedom from the evil one. Sweet Jesus, the blood of my whole city. Stop six to that coho. Alta Mesa, Hemp Hill, North Main, and my low low. When I'm hopping out of that boat, I ain't hope, bro. Not dope, though. Not coke, hold by the boat, low. I'm a full blown Holy Ghost mode. Make a toast, yo. He's the host with the most old. That bread and wine, he's so divine. Poured out for many. That's the covenant for eternal life. I'll reiterate it, we gotta be reintegrated into the kingdom, no need to debate it or to be jaded. We're preaching the gospel, keep breathing your nostril, be an apostle. Your people are hostile, we're covered by grace, it's something colossal. People can hate what they want, people can say what they want, but people ain't saving your brunt. We're saved by the blood of the Paschal Lamb, the kingdom of Bola. We'll be saving the trouble and taking a shovel and digging their own grave, there's no gain. And living a life of sin and thinking it's okay, okay? To Cali, every hood, every alley, we're spreading God's love, DM Dub to the valley. Hey. 
my time right there guys yeah. uh, I'm gonna do a little acapella real quick if it's cool it goes like this guys listen like I said I'm from the Dallas Fort Worth area DF Dub right so I say look now now DF Dub wouldn't be DF Dub without the F Dub so them 817 Mexicanos coming through and showing love from Everman to Diamond Hill Como back to stop six South Side, Riverside, Forest Hill, we got this. It don't matter if you're black or white, and I ain't talking Michael Jackson. I'm talking about the love of God, it's time we took some action. It's a really simple message, y'all, we're talking about is passion. No more attachment to our sinful ways, that's a fatal attraction, huh? But I don't got an S on my chest. In fact, I'm weak in the flesh. So when I'm put to the test, I turn to Christ, cause I know I'm blessed. Even though I'm stressed, even though I'm here just holding my breath. Cause I've been to the point in my life where hope is all I got left. I gave my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Lord knows I've been living right, bro, but some folks still try to ruin us. They ain't cool with us. Truth is, they don't want to see me shine. But don't feel sorry for me, because the truth, truth is, they don't owe me a dime. <laughs> my face in Christ, my face in him, he turned mice to men. He changed my life in a major way. I was a ruthless villain like MC Wren. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pray for me and I'll pray for you. We'll keep our faith on one accord like glory be. There I go. Praising God in every flow, every city and every show. Love my friends and my foes. Sometimes the world want to toe tag us, but I keep the faith like Pope Francis. I'm incomplete without God's grace. Like the pips with no gladness. I choose love. I don't choose hate. You best do the same for it's too late. You best stop drinking that Kool-Aid. It's got no place in the true faith. I keep speaking that true faith till I'm blue in the face. Till I'm dead and gone. I'm through with the race. And I'm proving my case I stand with the unborn They're pure and innocent I stand with an immigrant Cause on every finger on, on every single human being sold is God's fingerprint I got hit by a drunk driver But thank God I ain't dead I hopped out the whip like Pope Francis Singing praises instead Amen, Amen. Alrighty guys Y'all have a good one man Love I hope to see y'all Saturday night y'all Yes Let's go Shout out to my boy Walter by the way Man, thank you, thank you, C26, Padrecito, Chris, for sharing your talents with us tonight. Don't forget, they're going to be at Hip Hop and Tacos. Go support them. Now, we're moving on right now, and thank you for, for that for that moment of praise and worship here. We have an update with one of our dear friends of the, of the, of the ministry here who, I don't know if how many people saw her story, but she was going through through some cancer stuff. I'm just gonna leave it like that because I'm gonna let her finish. She has an update for us. She's come to give us an update of what's happening since that la since that time, right? So I would love to ask Deacon to come up here. 
uh, to give a, a little prayer for here, our daughter, our sister here, who's been courageous enough to come up here again. Let's just stretch our hands out to Sister Esme. Father in heaven, we ask you to just touch her, fill her up with your spirit. Use her testimony to inspire us, to encourage us, to edify us, to lift us up, to bring us to the foot of the cross, to believe in miracles once again. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm going to first of all say, um, excuse my voice. Um, I had surgery um, less than two months ago, and it's still, it's still in... Um, it's still recovering, so at times I lose my voice, and sometimes it's just hoarse, but I'm not sick. Y luego me gusta hablar. Karina. Okay. Well, um, I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, but overall, thanking the Lord for being here. I want to start with, with a, um, a Bible verse that is very dear to my heart. Um, it's in Zachariah, um, in the letter of Zachariah, and it says, My son, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. And then um, it says, Be sincere of heart and steadfast. Undisturbed in time of adversity. Thus will you future be great. Accept whatever befalls you. As like in gold, you will be tested. The word of the Lord. Well, for those that um, recall my my story, my testimony. First of all, I want to state, and I state this all the time, is that I'm no one special, but I'm special to God, right? <laughs> and I'm here to share for his glory what he has done in me and what he can do in you and what he's continuing to do in me and what he can continue to do in you. Um, well, um, long story short, moving forward, um, my mom's been battling, unfortunately, cancer for, it's going to be two years now. And actually, she started her um, radiation this week on Monday. But anyways, in, um, like I had shared, I had had a dream that before mom was diagnosed with cancer, that the Lord had spoken to me that, I was, that both of us were going to have cancer at the same time. And lo and behold, when she was diagnosed, I was like, ay. And then, um, you know, life still happened. And um, anyhow, um, the night before, I, I already I started testing, and nobody knew because I, there was, it was just a long story. Um, nobody knew I was testing because I didn't want to worry anybody. I was just going to the doctors and this and that. And then um, the night before, they already had done the biopsy, and the doctor um, um, called me um, when I was at work. I already knew. When I saw the phone... And I saw Kaiser, I just knew. And he's like, oh, where are you at, Ms. Torres? And I told him, oh, I'm at work. And he's like, oh, are you sitting down? I'm like, no, I'm just wrapping up. I said, I already know what you're going to tell me. And he's like, yes, unfortunately, your test came back positive and you have stage um, three cancer. And I said, okay, glory be to God. Thank you. We'll talk later. And um, that was it, right? And everybody in the ministry that I'm in, that I praise God for in Corrupto. Um, when my family, they know that everybody just thought it was like so weird that I was very happy about it. I was very, very happy about this news about having cancer because for many years, I've been asking the Lord for sainthood. And when I found out I had cancer, I was like, oh, great, glory be to God. God wants to purify my body, wants to purify my life. Glory be to God, I'm going to um, offer this. And if this is the way that I'm going to go, <laughs> so be it, right? Anyways, um, and I would not even ask God to heal me. 
And the Lord knows I'm not lying. I wouldn't even ask him to heal me. I was just happy as can be. I was like, oh, great. I get to be closer to Jesus and unite my, um, my pain to the cross and let it be, right? But God had a different plan for me. Um, anyhow, um, so moving fast forward, two months ago, I was here, right? Giving my testimony. And um, the um, doctor had already told me that... Um, Okay, so I had stage three thyroid cancer. They were going to remove my thyroid, and they, uh, um, unfortunately, it had spread. It had um, the cancer cancer cells had left my thyroid, and they had left. They had spread to my left, to my lymph nodes all over here, and they were growing too. And um, I had many occasions where people would um, confirm and say that the Lord had healed me, and actually, someone had prayed over me and said that they had a vision where the Lord was just unfolding like a, um, like chains, like unwrapping my neck. And Karina was there. <laughs> and I remember going back to the doctor, and I was, like, determined. I was, like, very thankful, but I was like, oh, I, I need to praise God and, you know, testify that he's healed me. You know, I'm not going to have this surgery. Well, the doctor's like, no, no, you're probably, I said, you know, can I have another CT scan? And he said, no, no, okay. Well, I was very discouraged because um, I was like, oh, Lord, how am I going to, they're going to take out my thyroid, but here they're not going to know that I did. you healed me, right? I don't have cancer. Well, and then a lot, a lot of people that I would speak with, they would be like, well, don't be discouraged. Maybe God's going to heal you through the surgery. But anyhow, it didn't matter to me, right? I just knew that I was going to be healed, whether it was here or in heaven. I, I was going to be cancer-free someday, right? Anyways, for his glory. So um, um, even for my pre-op, three days before um, the surgery, again, I asked the doctor if I could have a CT scan. And they said, no, no. And I said, okay. And um, my son is here my youngest, and he was there um, with my daughter when, right before they wheeled me into surgery. And the surgeon said, do you have any questions or any concerns? Um, and I said, no, because he told me, you know, unfortunately, like I had told you before, you're going to have two surgery. Well, it's going to be a two-process two surgery um, because, you know, I can't do one cut. I'm so sorry. You're going to have a scar forever. I said, oh, that's the least of my worries. He's like, I'm going to cut you here, and then I'm going to cut you up here because I'm going to take out all the, the lymph nodes that have the cancer. And he said, and if I find any cancer in between, I'm going to take that out. And just like your mom, if there's any cancer in any of your vocal cords, we're taking that out. And like I had told you, you know, there's a big risk that you could lose your voice permanently. Um, it could change but don't worry, we'll go back in there and we'll restore your vocal cords if we need to. And then for your left arm, because it was on this side, you might lose mobility permanently or temporarily. He's like, but after surgery, you'll just have to do 100 times all day long, you know, picking up your arm. And, and you know, and I was like, okay, okay. And then, um, you know, I kept praying, of course. And, and you know, as a mother, of course, I was... Um, asking Mother Mary to take care of my kids if it was my time. And I was like, Lord, here I come if it's my time. You know, may this be for your glory. And I was just praying, you know. And and um, I was actually happy because I was like, wow, what about if this is my moment that I get to meet Jesus and I actually get to be with him, you know. And um, it was so much that I just wanted to share that. that I went with red lipstick. And, um, and the nurse is like, wow, you're the first patient that we've ever seeing that, you know, you're all made up and you have red lipstick. I said, because, look, I said, I've changed and God has changed me. And because I always pray and I want to make sure he recognizes me. So if it's my time to go, he's like, oh, yeah, it's her, the one with the red lipstick. Um, anyhow, so um, before I was going into um, surgery, um, I was asking Padre Pio and um, Mother Mary to be with me, right? And um, Mother Mary's my, my, my mommy. She's... Uh, I have so many testimonies of her. The one day I'll come, because I am about to write a book um, about all the wonderful things that she continues to do in my life. Um, anyhow, um, when I went into surgery, I remember looking at the board, and I saw all the stuff that they were going to do to me, and I said, damn, they're going to butcher me. Like it, wasn't like, it was like a lot of stuff, you know, extraction of this. I was like, whoa, you know, but I was like, okay, here I go. And um, I just wanted to share right before... Um, I knew I started praying in tongues and asking the Lord. I said, I want to praise you even when I'm having surgery through the whole process. You just make sure that I'm praising you. I don't know. Awake, asleep, during surgery, I just want to praise you. 
And, um, and I, asked, I never asked Mother Mary for anything. You know, I believe she's been by my side. She has demonstrated her love in so many ways. Um, but anyways, but I did ask her. I said, Mamita Maria, I said, I do ask for something. I don't know. Reveal yourself to me in a special way. And, um, anyways, um, I go into surgery, you know, wake up. And um, the, um, the anesthesiologist says, I could barely, like, hear and he's like, man, I don't know what you were saying. He's like, your hands were up. He's like, he's like, we had to give you, um, I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys have heard of all the unfortunate incidents of young kids overdosing on fentanyl because it's so, he's like, we had to give you 300 milligrams of that to calm you down because we don't know what was going on. And I know that I was, I was praising God because they're like, we don't know what you were saying, but you were loud and we couldn't come. And the funny thing was like, we had to put your hands down and I was like, okay, yes, I was raising Jesus. <laughs> and um, anyways, um, when I opened my eyes, both my kids were there and my daughter, I said, what happened? You know, of course, I didn't know I already had had the surgery and my daughter started crying. And she was like, there was a miracle. And I was like, what? You know, but, and then she's like, you didn't have any cancer. I'm like, what? And then, but, you know, I was still, like, not there. Anyways, they, um, they were going to leave. Oh, and another thing, they were going to leave me overnight because of the surg- surgery. The anesthesiologist is like, well, you know what? Everything went so well. You know, we're going to let you go home. And I was like, okay. So they just left me there for a few hours. I went home. And um, my daughter couldn't explain exactly what the, the surgeon had told her. when he, when, But she was very emotional and said that, um, that there had been a miracle. Anyways, um, but I had my rajada, right? I had to be cut, so I was like, something happened. Anyways, um, so then, um, um, oh, and I just want, before I forget, um, for the glory of God, and thank you, Mamita Maria, for always, um, I don't recall as much as I've tried to, because I can't lie, I don't remember if it was during the surgery, because I don't know, if it was during the anesthesia when I was coming out, or if I was already awake, I just don't remember. I remember, though, that I started to see different images of the different advocations of Mother Mary. That was her sign that she was, of course, with me. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And um, anyhow, um, when I um, talked to the surgeon three days later, he's like, well, you know, Ms. Torres, everything went well, blah, blah, blah. As you can see, there was only one cut. He's like, what happened was, he's like, when I went in there, he's like, honestly, he's like, um, I don't want to scare you, but I was sure just like your mom, because my mom had 20-something lymph nodes extracted full of cancer as well. And um, um, anyways, and he's like, I just felt like when I opened you up, I was going to see a mess, and I was going to just find cancer everywhere, but I didn't want to scare you. And I was like, okay. And and he's like, so long story short, he's like, I took out your... um, your thyroid, he's like, yes, it did have cancer. He's like, I cleaned you all up. I said, okay. And then he's like, but you know, the lymph nodes on the, on, on the left side, he's like, um, well, he's like, they were pretty enlarged. And I said, uh-huh. And then he's like, well, I, I just figured, let me have one tested real quick. He's like, so they took it to pathology. They tested it real quick. And he's like, there was no cancer. There was so, he's like, there was no cancer on your left side. And he's like, and that's why there was no need of the other cut. You know, so glory be to God that I'm cancer free. He had also told me that um, they were going to have to do radiation or chemo even when they extracted my thyroid because of my mom's history and just because he just figured my whole left side was full of cancer and for glory of God he's like I said so what now he's like nothing he's just li- like live your life be you know just be careful you know the um, the um, the recovery might be hard and that's about it just come back if anything but we're not gonna and I said well are you guys gonna do chemo Cause like I was already like I literally was <laughs> I was gonna blog it and the whole you know I just I wanted this journey to be just because honoring my mom and just, I, anyways, um, he's like, no, there's not going to be no chemo, no radiation, no nothing. Just go live your life and be careful. And if you need me, call me. I said, okay. So for the glory of God, um, I, I don't have cancer anymore. And um, 
I know it's also from the intercession of Mother Mary, but that's not the miracle. Yes, the miracle is that, yes, I don't have cancer, but I was certain that whether I had cancer um, here, I was going to be healed in heaven, right, if I was going to go that way. So that wasn't my worry. My worry was other things, my children, um, just other things. But what I do want to share is that, um, like it says in the Word of God, I know it more in Spanish, guys, because I never read my Bible. I'm so embarrassed, but I'm, I'm being honest. I never read my Bible in English. Um, so I was just like, ay Dios mío, like I always read it in Spanish. So even to translate, I was like, okay. Um, but anyways, en Ciudad nos dice that, you know, that if we have decided to serve God, que nos preparemos para la prueba, porque seremos probados como el oro en el crisol, and we will be tested like the gold in the fire. But it's not even that, it's our calling to sainthood, which is what matters. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to go, right? Whether it's tomorrow in an accident, whether it's, and that's, um, and you know, one thing that I did learn through this journey and that I'm still learning with my mom is that, honestly, we are here in a blink of an eye. You know, how long was it that I was a teenager or that I was really young like you guys? Um, you know, but... What's important is that we understand that we all have a calling to sainthood. And it's not a calling of being canonized. Maybe, who knows, right? We all have different callings. But it's um, like um, Pope Francis says, we're all called. Everyone, sanctity, sanctity is for everyone. And um, we don't understand. Sometimes we feel like we look at, for example, our brother, the rapper, our priest, um, Noel Diaz, other people that are um, deacon with all due respect, you know that they are living lives of sainthood and we feel like that is so far from us and it's not. Pope Francis says that we need um, the youth, we need um, young people, we need everybody to understand that each of you, I am, we're all called to sainthood, but how is that in jeans, watching movies, he said, drinking Coca-Cola, going to the movies, it's how is it? It's the renewal of the heart, of the mind, and actually living a life of sainthood is on our daily, on our daily things that we do. It's not if you're called to mission in Africa, good for you, but most of us aren't, right? We're um, called to get up and be in the hustle on the freeway of going to work, of going to school, of attending our kids, of cooking. I love to cook, by the way, and bake. Um, but it's how we how we um, are called to our sainthood is um, I have, me, myself, and I want to share this, I have understood that sainthood is so easy. <laughs> how is that? It's loving our cross. It's loving our cross. It's understanding that it's very simple, that it's getting every day up in the morning and having a full conviction of mind and heart to do the right thing at all moment. And when we find it hard to do the right thing is we just have to unite our pain, whatever it may be, to the cross and pray at all times. You know, and sometimes we see sainthood as something so far because we see saints being martyred. Or um, there's, I read this article, and just, just quick notes. Did you guys know that the church has more than 10,000 canonized saints? I didn't know we had that many, but... Each of you guys, I am, we're all called to sainthood. And it's not something, um, we might be martyrs in different ways, we don't know, but we, we all carry a different cross. And God's only going to give you what, like his word says, whatever you're able to hold and bear. But sainthood is being able to wash the dishes with love and say, I mean, personally, I love to wash dishes. My kids know that. Um, I'll be washing dishes and I'm like, Lord, así como esos trastes están mugrosos, cleanse my life. I'm taking a shower and I'm like, Lord, bless my, my thoughts, my mind, bless my hair because it's been falling because of the thyroid. You know, um, let me just think of you. Give me holy thoughts. Let me love you with my mind, my body, my soul. Cleanse me. Let me live a life of purity. Let me, you know, it's an everyday life is um, seeing, um, it's going on, my, my son knows this because I can't lie, he's right here. Um, when I take him to school, it's praying the rosary in the morning, blessing him. Is if someone's in a hurry and gets in front of you, it's blessing them because they might be more in a hurry or they're, you know, um, it's an everyday challenge, but it's not that hard. It really isn't. You know, we see sainthood as something so far, 
Um, but that is our calling. That is really our calling to sainthood. Um, in the Bible, I read more than 25 verses or passages where the Lord, um, where God is calling us to sainthood. And um, I was very amazed about that because I'm, I, for a few years now, I just, I feel, I, 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 what is the word? I yearn, I longer for that sainthood. But um, the only way that we can um, accept the sainthood is by being like clay, is allowing God to mold us and break us in different ways. Um, and I wanted to share, um, my son's going to pass out a little piece of clay, um, a stick of clay and a little note for you guys. I want you guys, when you have a chance at home, to read it and meditate on it. As long as, I always say this in Spanish, mientras que seamos materia dócil, as long as we are um, docile um, material like clay, then God, and we allow God and the Holy Spirit, he will continue to mold us to saint, that sainthood. Once we, apart from the sacraments, once we apart from the Lord, once we apart from all the good that God has to offer, um, we start getting hard. Our, our hearts, our lives start getting hard, just like the clay. And what happens, we are um, unmoldable, and the only way that we are is by getting crushed and getting um, reborn in our, in our hearts again. So I invite you guys to take a stick of clay before you guys leave. Um, that that's, how, that's how easy sainthood is. That's how easy it is. It's just, um, and I want to invite you guys, and I just wanted to share this. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm like, well, I'm like, Maria, I just have to. I have to honor all the blessings that I get from you. Um, for my birthday last month, um, every year lately, I get something from, um, my advocation is Our Lady of Fatima. And anyhow, um, this year for my birthday, um, I got a rosary from my mom. And um, I have many rosaries, right? <laughs> and, um, but this is very special because it came from um, my parents, from my mom. You know, and um, she's like, mija, que siga rezando for me. So I could keep praying for her, for her cancer. And my niece, she's offering her cancer and her radiation for you guys as well. And for all those souls of purgatory. But this rosary that you guys see here, um, she gave my, my, my daughter's birthday is two weeks prior to mine. Um, that's another, um, well, I think I shared it last time, but another um, testimony that I almost had an abortion. I almost decided not to have her. And for the glory of God, I didn't. She has been the best, yes. Um, anyhow, um, my mom gave her a rosary as well, and just the same one. And ours were both gray, silver, uh, um, uh, um, a, a silver rosary. And today... Um, when I was going to pray it at 3 o'clock, because I got out early from work, because I knew I was going to have to drive over two hours to get over here. Long story short, when I kneeled down to get the rosary, um, I was like, wait a minute. My mom gave me a silver-plated rosary, and this is like, it's pinkish. And I was like, wait, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. And I went, and I remember, I couldn't even pray it in peace. And the Lord knows, I just kept, I'm like, okay, okay. Wait, wait, hold on. So I just, I even got up and I looked at it in the light and I'm like, wait, it's not silver anymore. But it was silver. And I, so then what I did is I didn't want to, um, I called my mom and I said, mom, I just wanted to ask you something. And she's like, what? And I said, you know that rosary that you gave me for my birthday? I'm like, era de plata? She's like, yeah, why? She's like, remember I even gave one to Jasmine? And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, and, but it was silver, right? When you gave it to me? She's like, of course, because era de plata. And I was like, Okay, she's like, why? She's like, she's like, I want you to know that yesterday when I was praying the rosary, she's like, I was asking Mother Mary to bless you in such a, a way that she continues to know, that you continue to know that she's with you. My mom said that she prayed this last night. And I said, well, Mom, Mother Mary heard you, and there's a miracle that's happened in the rosary that you gave me. And she's like, what? I said, well, it's not silver anymore. It's pink. I said, and if you guys want to see it, only the part that remains silver is the part where it has the, um, the image of Mother Mary. Everything else turned pink. And I was just like, it's like a rose gold color. And I'm like, I, I still, I'm still in awe, but this is, 
this is what our Lord does, and this is the type of blessings that Mother Mary gives us. So I encourage you guys. And then um, I just want to thank you guys, and I just want you guys to know that sainthood is not far from you, and that is what we are at the end of the day called to. May God bless you guys. Thank you. I know you guys were praying for me, um, praying for me, so thank you so much. I, I hope that you guys keep inviting me. I have so much to share with you guys because that's how good God has been to me, and that's how good God is to you. God bless amen, you guys. Amen, 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 amen. A message of surrender, 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 surrender. Thank you for listening. Please visit SoWareLay.com for more information. Don't forget to download the Esne app or go to JesusTheSower.com to listen to Esne the Sower, the Sower Ministry, moving with confidence.